5, verse number 1. I think this is an important place for us to park today. Galatians 5, verse number 1. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I think this is important for us, and so we'll, we'll, we'll park here today. So the Lord has me, and we'll eventually work our way to the book of Exodus and um, how all that connects. Uh, I don't know, and I didn't know until the Lord began to deal with me, but it, it, it will connect. Um, Galatians 5, verse number 1, very familiar uh, text that, that we quote quite often. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Father, we just <clears throat> thank you and bless you for the power of your word, even on this morning. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. God's people said amen. You may be seated. Stand fast therewith in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I want to deal with liberty and I want to deal with freedom. I want to deal with freedom because although it is now what we're made, it seems to be very elusive in the church culture. Amen. It seems that there's so few people who are free, even though Christ has made us free. Amen. And so now we have downgraded ministry to encouragement instead of edification. And I dealt with this a little bit on Friday because people aren't free. So I got to encourage you every week because you're really not free to walk in freedom. Freedom don't need encouragement. Amen. amen. Freedom. Amen. When you're free, you can now focus on edification. Amen. And within edification, you'll always be encouraged. So now we call preaching stuff that makes us feel like feel better. We call preaching stuff that um, uh, brings us confidence in what we want to accomplish. And, and, and when we do that, we dummy down preaching to something that Will Smith can do. We dummy it down to something that, that what's, the, uh, what's the guy? Tyler Perry. We actually think he preaches. We think his movies are preaching because they're encouraging. I was encouraged after that. I don't mean you heard any preaching. Amen? That don't mean you heard any preaching. And so now we have people thinking they're preaching because they're encouraging. And they call it preaching, but that's not preaching. And so I want to deal with freedom. The reason why freedom seems to be so elusive in the church is because we have, as a people, um, failed to properly perceive how the Father gives us freedom. How does the Father give us freedom? That's what I want to deal with first. We, uh, <clears throat> first and foremost, we must understand this if we're going to function in freedom. We do not get free. Amen. Nor does God give us freedom. God makes us free. 
We don't get free, nor is it our responsibility to stay free. We are made free. If you are made free, you do not have to fight to stay free. You are made free. If you are made free, you don't have to get free. You are made free. Amen? Free is just that. Free. True liberty now is being made free, not being set free. In other words, what I need y'all to understand so we can actually be free is free to the family of God is a term of creation, not action. Christ makes us free. We're a new creation called free, not a slave who was set free. He makes us free. He doesn't set us free because you can set a slave free and he'll return to his slavery. But if you make me free, glory be to God, I can never be a slave again. He doesn't set us free or I say it this way. He sets us free by making us free. If we're indeed free, we were not freed, we were made free. Freed was not done for us. Free is who we are. Come on, look at everybody, tell your neighbor, I'm free. See, this is what we got to understand. Our assignment now as believers isn't to define free with our lips. But as believers, we are to demonstrate free with our life, right? Because we were made, we are free's demonstration. If you want to know what free means, do not get Webster. If you want to know what free means, do not get a dictionary nor an encyclopedia. Watch me live. Watch me worship and you'll know free. Watch me shop and you'll know free. Watch me interact with my children and free will be defined for you. Watch me give God glory and free will be defined for you. Freedom is supposed to be demonstrated. Never is it supposed to be spoken by lips, but live by lifestyle. God makes us free. As sons and daughters, we are to tell the world, you don't look up free to know free. You look at me to know free. You want to know what a marriage is that's free? Look at my marriage. You want to know what a free time looks like? Look at me. You want to know what a free dad looks like? Look at me. You want to know what a free mom looks like? Look at me. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We're made free. We're not set free. In other words, if we had to define liberty, liberty is citizenship. Liberty literally means citizenship. Watch this. Liberty means not a slave. Liberty means freeborn. Liberty also means exempt from the obligation or exempt from the liability. 
So in other words, by way of the cross or by way of Christ, we're exempt from the obligation of getting free. And we're also exempt from the obligation of staying free for in Christ we're made free. So for the rest of our lives, all we can be is what we're made free. I'm not staying free. I am free. I am not getting free. I am free. I am not trying to keep um, from being bound I am free. See, this is where we the rubber meets the road, and this is where it goes right over our head. The Father doesn't free us from a particular thing. I just need to get free from this. No, he don't do it like that. I got to struggle with fear. I got to struggle with anger. I just need God to free me from uh, um, anger. I need him to free me from lust. The Father doesn't free us from a particular thing. He makes us free from all things. See, if you're made, that's where it goes over our head because you came here trying to bring your topic of freedom and God doesn't want to free you from one thing. He wants to make you free of all things. We're trying to get free from fear when the Father wants to make us free, period. Glory be to God. That means when I get free, I'm freed from fear. I'm freed from lack. I'm freed from lust. I'm freed from anger. I'm freed from poverty. I'm freed from discouragement all at the same time. He doesn't do it one by one he just makes you free of everything why are you trying to get individual freedom when you can be made free of everything he doesn't want to set us free he wants to make you free that means not bound by anything and the reason why you can't get free is because you're trying to get set free instead of made free just free me from fear. I don't want to free you from fear. I want to make you free from fear, from poverty and discouragement and any other vice of the devil. You keep on trying to shortcut. I'm not trying to set you free. You know why many people who come with what they think they need to be freed from are still fighting with what they're trying to get free from? Because God ain't trying to set them free. He makes us free. Amen. Right now, God is working on me in this. You are lying. He done working. He's resting. He ain't working on you on nothing, and he ain't working on me on nothing. Glory be to God. He's already done working on us. It's a matter of how much of that we're willing to confess. Right? We, in, we now, he said, be uh, not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. We entangle ourselves in bondage to the degree we try to get what we're supposed to be. When at, to the degree we're trying to get free, we actually now entangle ourselves with bondage because as I'm trying to get free, I reject my identity as free. So now if I say I'm trying to get free, I am saying I am not free. Amen. I am rejecting my identity. So as sons of God, we can no longer be bound by bondage, but we can entangle ourselves up in bondage by trying to get free when we're made free. We can no longer allow a fleeing feeling. I'm going to try to help somebody tonight. A fleeing feeling to tell us we're still bound by that feeling. Just because we felt fear 
doesn't mean we're still bound by fear. See, we'll feel fear. Fear will rub up against us, and then we'll start saying, God, I rebuke fear. Fear, you ain't coming back on me. I am not fearful. God, I, I glory be to God. And what really happened is fear understood that it could no longer bind you because you've been made free, but it'll rub against you to see if you'll entangle yourself. So now what fear does is he comes. Fear will come, right? And fear will rub up against me. Now, it's not on me, but it did touch me. Uh, in that situation, I felt fear in a feeling. And then what the fear wants to know is, are you going to take me and tie yourself up with me? Are you going to say, I bind fear again because I feel you coming back. I'm not letting you get me no more. Uh, God, uh, free me again. For God, please. As I am now fighting fear, I'm actually entangling myself back with fear because I've already been made free. Not just the fear, but anything else the devil has. And so now every time we try to fight, it might be lust. I, I, you know, lust to rub up against us. Now, I, I cast that back down. I'm not going back there. I can feel it trying to come back on me. I could feel this thing and what I'm doing is is actually entangling my own self up with the lust that I've been made free from, the addiction. I felt the taste came back in my mouth. God, take the taste out of my mouth again. You were, you were made free. You ain't got the taste in your mouth no more but what you did was entangle your own self up back in bondage by trying to get set free from something when you've been made free. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not in stop entangling yourself up. Amen. Come on somebody shout I am free. I am free. Anytime we're trying to stay free, when God's intention is to make us free, we entangle ourselves up in a yoke of bondage. Do you understand we can't be bound? My God, we can't be bound. We can't be bound. We can't be bound. We can't be bound. We can't be tied up. We can't uh, be overwhelmed. We can't be overtaken. And the only way you can is if you entangle yourself up. This is overtaking me. I'm struggling with this. Yeah, because you just tangled yourself up with struggle. Amen. Anybody, mark, mark this and, and watch this. and You can observe this. Anybody trying to stay free is somebody who will be bound. I'm just trying to stay free from fornication. You're going to be bound by fornication again. Anybody trying to stay free will be bound again, and anybody trying to get free will remain bound. I'm going to say that again. Anybody trying to stay free is somebody who will be bound, and anybody trying to get free will remain bound. Once we're free, or once we're made free we're under no obligation to stay free just as much as once I was named Jeremiah I'm under no obligation to fight to remain Jeremiah Jeremiah is just who I am I ain't got to fight glory be to God I don't want to lose Jeremiah tomorrow that's who I am I can't lose that he I, he makes us free free is who we are come on somebody say free is who I am 
What's this? I want you to put up this first slide. God is going to set you free. Stop lying to them. God is going to make them free. If the truth be told, they've already been made free. That's all, you're already a new creation. He already set us free. He made us free. Now, put up that first slide for me. Now, I want to show you these two texts back to back, and I'm going to go a little bit further. Galatians 5 and 1 says this. It says, um, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. John 8 and 36 says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free, what? All right? I want to uh, switch gears a little bit, and I'm going to deal with freedom. It is Christ who makes us free. Y'all see that? Therefore, if the Son make you free, you shall be free indeed. It is Christ that makes us free. Let me help you understand about something about liberty. Liberty is given by way of likeness. Likeness is received, or excuse me, liberty is received as we enter into the likeness of God. Liberty is built into Christ's likeness. You, you got to get that if, we, if we're going to walk and we're going to be free. The Father liberates us through giving us an inheritance called Jesus' likeness. Liberty is not doing what we want. Liberty is looking like Jesus. The more we look like Jesus, the more we are now made free. We don't get free by coming out. We're made free by conforming into the image of God. In other words, what I'm trying to say is we conform out of bondage. We don't come out of bondage. I'm going to say that again. We conform out of bondage. We don't come out of bondage. I'm going to say that again. We conform out of bondage. We don't come out of bondage. God doesn't bring us out of bondage. He starts transforming us into the image of his son while we're in bondage. And the more we look like him, the less the chains qualified to remain on us. He now while we're in chains begins to transform us into the one that never had chains on him. And while we're in chains being transformed into the one who never had chains on him, eventually the chains look at us and say we're no longer qualified to be on you because can't no chains be on him. It's one thing when chains are broken. It's another thing when chains won't even bother. See, there comes a time in our life because uh, chains won't even bother. Chains won't even bother knocking on your door because you can't be chained. You look too much like the one that has never been chained. Because we look too much like the one for which chains have never been on. Chains can't chain us and that can never change. Can I help you understand something? We're inheriting a dimension of likeness for those who are with me on this morning. That's releasing us into a liberty whose looks can kill. I'm talking about, uh, there, was a, there, there was a statement and there was a phrase, if looks can kill. I'm here to tell you right now, looks can kill. Glory be to God. We are entering into a dimension of likeness where our look called likeness kills the ability uh, of the enemy to engage us. In short, what am I trying to say? Even our enemies will be at peace with us 
in this season and in this realm. I am not talking about your, your enemies that you call on your job and your family. I'm talking about principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. What I'm saying is depression is about to make peace with you because you look too much like the prince of peace for him to wage war. What I'm trying to say is anxiety is about to make peace with you because you look too much like the prince of peace for anxiety to have. What I'm saying is sin is about to make peace with you. He prepares a table for you in the liberty by way of likeness. I'm going to give you my look so you can kill the enemy's ability to attack. It's not like it ain't there, but my looks kill. It's not like the bondage ain't there, but our looks kill. Because we look so much like the Prince of Peace that the enemy can't wage war. Amen? You know what true freedom is? True freedom is freedom from fighting for freedom. True freedom is when I don't have to fight for freedom no more. It's just peace. It's liberty by way of likeness. It's when we begin to understand that the Father isn't requiring us to come out of bondage, but be conformed out of bondage through receiving his son while we're in bondage. Amen? You know what the problem is? If we don't understand that, we'll spend all our time trying to get free instead of get him. Chains have no accountability to let you let you go. But it but it must let him go. We're trying to get free. You are never going to get free. Why? Because chains ain't got to let you free. But who the son makes free. It's free indeed. You are not going to get free acting like you act, thinking like you think. Uh, uh, Depression ain't got to free you. Glory be to God. Addiction ain't got to free you. It has to free him. And as we look like him, it got to let us go. But our problem is we're so busy trying to get free when we need to be trying to get him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Search him, seek him, love him, adore him until adoption takes place. Hallelujah. Bondage doesn't have to let us out, but bondage does have to let him out. Once you start looking like who you really are, bondage will have to let you go. As long as you try to ask God to let the you go that can't help but be a slave, you'll stay a slave. And for some crazy reason, that don't register with us. I'm trying to get free. Well, good luck. We'll see, how's that working for you? How good is that going? Because the devil is under no obligation whatsoever to let any of us go. Amen? Amen. It's only to the degree we look like him. Liberty by way of likeness. Our lives, please hear me, our lives don't involve the obligation of getting free or remaining free. If we're trying to get free, it's because we're rejecting our made free status. 
We only try to get free when we don't have our inheritance called likeness. You have an inheritance where you ain't got to get free. You have an inheritance in a likeness that can never be bound. Once we are liberated by way of likeness, you know what we'll never again spend our days doing? Guess what? Guess what we're not supposed to be doing for the rest of our lives? Trying to get free. Guess what we're supposed to be doing for the rest of our lives? Not trying to stay free. We will spend no more time trying to stay free. We will spend no more time trying to get free. When we're spending no more time, see, I'm trying to talk kingdom now. I'm trying to talk apostolic. When we're spending no more time trying to get free or stay free, we can actually go out and set captives free. Because honestly, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Anyway, we're not coming here every day so you can get free. We're not coming here every day so you can stay free. That's not why you're here. I'm not here to now give you keys to handcuffs. I'm here to equip you for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of the Lord. I can't free you. He already did. Our problem is we're coming in to get free instead of get equipped. When staying free is no longer a topic, and when getting free is no longer a cop topic, setting captives free becomes the assignment. Amen? That's apostolic. That's where we're going. But you know how we're going to free people? We're not going to free people by giving them the definition of freedom. We're going to free people by saying, look at us. You want to know what freedom looks like? This is what it looks like. You want to know what freedom in praise looks like? This is what it looks like. You know what? We want to know what freedom in the grocery store looks like. Man, you can watch me shop and get free. I am freedom. I have been made. I don't have freedom. I'm made free. Every word that comes out of my mouth might free you. The way that my eyes look might free you. My presence can free. Glory be to God. I have been made. Made free. Intercession is by image more so than it is by prayer. God said, look, I looked and searched the earth and I found no man that could make up the hedge and stand in the gap. And we equated that, that God had nobody on earth that was praying. That was not the case. There were many men during that time that were praying. He, what he was saying is there was nobody that looked like me. There were I, so I, my own arm had to bring salvation. I had to send my son as an intercessor because I needed image in the earth, not just people praying. Image is a better intercessor than prayer is. Amen. Jesus come. It's always better Jesus came out of me. It's better than Jesus come. Jesus manifested on me is better than Jesus come down. Jesus come out is always better. Amen. Jesus is all Jesus here is always better than Jesus come. How's he here? To the degree I look like him. To the degree I've been conformed into the image of his son. 
Now, there was a, there's a story here that, that I want to deal with on today. And some stuff, some new ground. I, I, I needed that kind of to set up this. And um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Moses. And I'm going to talk to you about the name of God called Yahweh. The proper name of God. Amen. The Bible says there was a man by the name of Moses who God raised up to be prince in Egypt. Ultimately, Moses understood that his destiny was to deliver Israel out of Egypt, but because he heard the call and thought when he heard it, he was supposed to do it, he failed when he tried. He kills an Egyptian, tries to hide it under the dirt. Amen? Glory be to God. And he ends up running for his life on the backside of the wilderness for 40 years, tending his uh, Jethro, the priest of Midian's sheep. While he is now, he, so now he is already a shepherd. He knows how to lead sheep. That's a whole nother message when, when, you, when God is forming a deliverer. Amen. And so, so now what ends up happening is he sees a bush burning on the Mount Horab. He sees a bush burning on the Mount Horab. And he notices the fact that the tree is burning but ain't never getting burned up. That's a... Whew. And I ain't going to deal with that because I don't want to deal with that. So now he says, let me turn around and see this site that this bush is burning and is yet not consumed. Once he gets there, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, Jesus, now that's Old Testament, uh, um, uh, uh, what they call a, 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 a showing of Christ, a coming up of Christ, an appearance of Christ before his embodiment, before his incarnation in the New Testament. And he begins to speak to him. He begins to now speak to Moses about sending Moses to Egypt to deliver his people out of Egypt. So now what Moses realizes at that moment is what although he heard his call, he hadn't yet heard God's voice. See, I know you heard your call, but that don't mean you heard God's voice. He now already knew his call, but hadn't heard the voice of God yet. Just because you heard your call don't mean you heard God's voice. You get, oh, glory be to God. He gets on the side of the mountain and he actually hears the voice of the one that called him. Watch what he says. Because this deals with liberty and likeness. And I pray that y'all are awake enough to get it. If not, I'll preach it again. I'm going to just mess y'all up one time and preach the same message three weeks in a row. And then y'all going to be looking at me like I'm crazy, ain't it? Pastor, you just preached that last week. Well, you were just, you had that same attitude last week. Pastor, you've been preaching that for a month. You had that same praise last month. What happens when we, you demand new out of me, shouldn't new word make you new? You want a new word, why won't you get a new attitude? I'm going to mess you up, and, and I, as long as you stay the same, I'm going to preach the same thing. How about that? Kanda de bullshit. 
Exodus chapter 3, verse number 14. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 14. Now, I'm, I'm telling you right now, we're diving in deep. If you ain't awake, you're going to miss it. And if you miss it, you just miss it. This is a good teaching setting. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 14. Go to verse number 13. After God commissions Moses, this is... Moses' question to God. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? What is the name of the God who sent me? Exodus 3 and 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall I say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto. Verse 15. I'm going to get in trouble for this one because this is is heresy to those who are children of Hagar. What I'm about to show you. Verse number 15. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shall I say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto you. I am that I am is my name for Yahweh is my name for Yahweh is the proper name of God according to now Jewish theology. Uh, Glory be to God. And God told Moses that this, his name, Yahweh, is forever. And literally, we have completely missed. And I'm about to show you in a minute. We have completely missed who God told Moses he was forever because we lack the lens called atonement. God told Moses to tell Israel, I am have sent me unto you. Moses was to tell Israel, he is I am. Who sent me? I am. Who is he? He is I am. I am who sent me. He is I am. Y'all still missing it because you sleep. He is who I tell them I am sent you. Tell them that he that is I am sent you. Tell them that he is actually me. He that is me sent me. Who is he? He is I am. I don't even think y'all y'all get that here. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion. God was restoring Genesis 1:26. Who sent me? I am. I'm trying to talk atonement here, and I'm trying to take you somewhere. The proper name of God cannot be said without including ourselves forever. That's why it's in the name. 
That's why I'm in the name. That's why I'm in the name of Jesus. Because when I come, God still says, tell him I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in the name. His name forever is I am. Who are you? Who is he? I am that I am. Who am I? Who is he? I am that I am. Tell him I am that I am sent me. Who are you? I am. Who is he? I am. Tell him I am that I am sent you. God's plan to deliver the world is I am sent us. We are who sent us. So Jesus said unto them, peace to you as the father has sent me. So I sent you. Who is Jesus? I am the father. The Father is in me, and I am in the God only sends I am to release deliverance. Please hear what I'm saying. Because I'm trying to talk to you about Moses. He did not send Moses. He sent I am. Moses didn't deliver the people. I am delivered. <laughs> Tell him I am that I am. We're only as sent as we are. We're only as sent as we can say I am. I'm going to say that again because I miss that. We're only as sent as we can say I am. I am holy as he is holy. I am pure as he is pure. I am righteous as he is righteous. I am anointed as he is anointed. I am pure as he is pure. I am victorious as he is victorious. You know why God brought us into the order of Melchizedek? Because he's ready to send us as I am. Call those things that be not as those they are. He's been posturing us to bring us to this moment on a mountain called Horeb where he can tell us, tell them I am who sent you. The father only sends I am. Only I am has the power to deliver. Please hear what I'm saying. Now, wonder why there's so little deliverance in the church. Because there's so little people who are leading people who say, I am. Everybody wants to say, now, I got my issues. Now, I got my struggles, but let me tell you this. Now, I still have what I fight with, but let me tell you this. You're not, I am. And because you're not, I am, that's why deliverance can't be manifest. There's a difference between deliverance and manifest deliverance. For deliverance, the folk got to want to be delivered. For manifest deliverance, it don't even matter if you want to be delivered or not. The power to deliver, you got to want to be delivered. That's only if you're not, I am. But if you are, I am, I don't care if you don't want to stop smoking. Come up in the presence of God today and you're going to put cigarettes out. I don't care if you don't want to move out with your boyfriend. Come 
come in the presence of God today and you're going to stop shacking up. See, a lot of people don't understand it, but Israel did not want to be delivered. Y'all miss what I just said. They came, Moses began to take them through the process of deliverance and Pharaoh said, make bricks without straw. Y'all miss what I said. And as soon as they figured out deliverance took some work, y'all hear what I'm saying? As soon as they figure out I'm going to have to change some things, if I'm going to be delivered, glory be to God. They said, Moses, let us alone. Go back to where you are. Yeah, we want to come out of Egypt, but we ain't coming out yet. Anybody know some folks that say, I know I need to stop, but I ain't going to stop yet. I know I need to quit, but I ain't going to quit yet. I know I need to change. They're not, they did not say they didn't want to leave Egypt. They just said not but Moses was I am glory glory be to God and because Moses was I am I don't need you to co-sign on your deliverance I'll deliver you without your permission and so now what God is doing in this season he's releasing an I am identity in this house where people who don't plan to change today are going to change today where people who don't plan to repent today are going to repent today You got to want deliverance, not in here you don't. How you going to say that? Because I am sent me. You going to come here planning to go home and you're going to leave here saying, I got to find an apartment because I can't live outside of marriage with that individual no more. You're going to come here with cigarettes in your pocket and you're going to leave here with new ports in the trash can. I had planned to continue to smoke, but there was locusts that began to manifest and make deliverance happen. There were frogs and lice that began to break out and make deliverance happen. There were red seas that start getting split and make The reason why the church needs your, you to have to put your signature on your deliverance is because we have not yet understood Yahweh. We have not yet understood the proper name of God. We can never say his name without including ourselves. What's my name? I am. You can't never say his name without including me. What's, what's the proper name of God? You can't never say his name without including who you are. God is holy. That means you too. God is victorious. That means you too. God is righteous. That means you too. That's the only proper name of God. You can never separate who he is from who we are. Who is God? I am. I am who he is and he is who I am. I abide in him and his word abides in me. We're about to witness people come in and experience unplanned deliverance. No, 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 no. God is about to take out deliverance policies on them without their signature. God is just going to say, I'm going to deliver you and I don't care if you want to keep on going. 
Glory be to God. What I'm trying to tell you right now, all people are going to leave saying, I don't know what happened. I just came to church because they asked me to come to church. But man, something broke out in the midst called manifest deliverance. And the stuff that I plan to do, I'll never do again. I don't know what happened during that two hour period, but all I know is I am free. I didn't even know I was bound until I came up amongst those people that have an I am identity and light shine in my darkness and all I know is I was in the dark. All I know is I was blind but now I see. Stop. We do not need people's permission to release them out of bondage. We just need to understand I am identity. Moses didn't deliver the people by talking to the people. He delivered the people by talking to the principality. Why are we trying to convince the people to change and the principality is the one that got them as puppets? We're trying to convince the puppet instead of cut the strings. God... Hmm. God only sends I am to release deliverance. We are only as sent as we are I am. We don't qualify to release manifest. I ain't talking about deliverance. I'm talking about manifest deliverance. Ain't no city going to get changed because everybody want to change. A city's going to get changed because somebody said, I don't care if you want to change or not. I'm releasing heaven on earth until this joker dry. I'm releasing heaven on earth until alcohol stores close down. I'm releasing heaven on earth until they stop passing out birth control in high school. Ain't no young girls just going to say, I don't want to have sex before I'm married. I'm going to deliver you without your permission. I'm going to slap purity back on your... Try to ask folk if they want to be delivered. No. But I don't need your permission. You can't get free because you don't want to be free. Man, that ain't got nothing to do with it. We don't get free when we are ready to get free. We get free by sovereignty. How many of you knew if you're really free now? If you ain't free, you don't know about this. It wasn't like I put on the calendar, all right, on this date, at this time. I'm going to do this, this, and this. God is going to fill me with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to want to prophesy more than I want to cuss. I am going to want to pray more than I want to fight. I am going to begin to want to lay hands on sickness instead of cover my mouth when I get around sick people. When did you... Who plans to become like that? No, no, no. God just said, boy, you done messed around and hung around. I am too much. You done messed around and you begin to call on the name of Yahweh. And I'm just going to free you of stuff you don't even know you chain with. I'm just going to come and wreck your life. The reason why we can't be free is talking about 
I'll, I'll do it when I'm ready. That's one of the stupidest statements. When I get ready, you ain't ready for God. When he slaps you upside your heart, talk about you ready. Okay, God, hit me with it. That's stupid. You ain't going to do nothing when you're ready. You're going to do it when he say. Even if you don't feel like you can do it then. We don't choose it. We didn't choose him. He chose us. We didn't love him. He loved us. We have to get back unto understanding we must reclaim regions. We don't reclaim regions by getting the agreement of the prisoners. I don't need to go around this public. I don't need to go around here and figure out what everybody in this public likes to try to get them to come to the church. I walk around and see the principalities that have them bound. And I now just walk the sidewalk of Darlington. If I really understand my I am status and I begin to bind the spirit of Babylon, I begin to rebuke the spirit of religion. I begin to now wrestle with principalities. I walk besides people's houses that every time I come by their house, they're sitting on the porch all day long with drinks in their hand and I bind the spirit of addiction slothfulness and poverty and one day we're going you're going to walk by that house and the same one sitting there drinking going to get up stand up and say man who are you every time you walk by this house there's something that happens on the inside of me and I want to know about the God that's on you I don't even know why I know there's this God on you You don't have to figure out how to approach somebody that's addicted. You can bind the addiction. Manifest deliverance. Darlington is about to get delivered whether you want to or not. I'm not asking Darlington if they want to be free. You ain't got a choice. Amen. The reason why there's so little deliverance being manifest in the house of God is because people who say they're not are leading people. Right. Yeah. I ain't got it all together. Well, if you can't go as I am, don't go. Yeah. Come on. I ain't all the way right. I got my issues. Well, you ain't sin. You're only as sin as you can say I am. How do we say we are? By faith. No, the problem, I'm not... See, this is the problem that people have. Ain't nobody perfect. Yes, you are perfect. As a matter of fact, everybody's perfect. Unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. But that's by faith. Ain't nobody got it all together. Oh, yes, everybody in the world does. God so loved the world. It was sufficient for the whole world. But as long as you say you're not what God gave you, you can't allow that which he gave you to appear in measures in your life. For me to say that I, that I struggle with pornography would be for me to lie on myself. That's not how he sees me. Who's right about me, me or him? Amen. Amen. 
If we can't say I am, we can't release manifest deliverance. It's only likeness that sanctions liberty. Listen, did y'all hear what I just said? It's only likeness that sanctions liberty. Tell them I am sent you. As the Father sent me, so I sent you. Or I send you. I send you to be who I am. The he that died to give me, me back is I am. The he that died to give me, me back is I am. He's the he, Jesus, that died to give me back. So I am. Who I really am has actually sent me, me back. God's plan to deliver the world is, I am sent me. Now watch this. Put this next slide up. Put the, put the next slide up. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to just teach for a minute. I'm almost done. But this is good for us. This is good for you. This is good for us. Because what we're going to do is, is I'm just going to keep on putting you in the mirror. And I'm going to force you to look at the fact that you're not bound until you stop saying, I struggle. I'm going to put you in the mirror that says you're perfect, you're delivered, and you're free. You're going to go back and forget what you look like and say, I struggle, I'm bound, and I'm in sin. And then you're going to come back and guess what I'm going to put you back in the mirror. And say, you're a praiser, you're a shouter, and you love God. You're going to go back and say, I just don't feel comfortable in front of everybody else. And I'm going to bring you back, and I'm going to put you right back and say, you're a praiser, you're a shouter, and you love God. And you are perfect and righteous and free. And then you're going to go back and forget. But you're going to eventually, after I keep on shoving this mirror in your face, stop lying on yourself. No, you're free. You're unreprovable and unrebukable. You don't struggle with anything. Right? Look, now look what it says. This is God calling Moses, I am. Now watch it. Exodus 3 verse 8, it says, And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Stop. Go down to verse 10. That's God saying, and I am come down. Everybody say, I am. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Everybody say, I am. Then go down to verse 10. Now God is speaking to Moses. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee. Unto he, God says, I am come down. And then he turns to, turns to Moses and said, I'm sending you. Why? Because he was calling Moses, I am. I am come down, so I'm sending you. I am coming down, so I'm sending you. I am coming down, so I'm sending you. Put the next slide up. Watch this. Did I, did I give another slide? All right. Look at this one. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Y'all see that? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children out of Egypt? And Moses said unto God, who am I? All right, verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am. 
that I am, and he said, thus shall I say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Who am I? I am who sent me. Somebody shout, I am. Come on. Somebody shout, I have, I am identity. We are not free until we can say, I am. We don't, no, I am holy, not I want to be holy. You are not free because you want to be holy. You're not free until you say, I am holy. You are not righteous, not because you say, I want to be righteous. You are righteous when you say, I am righteous. You are not victorious. I want the victory. No, no, that don't give you the victory. I am victorious. I am the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, not I want the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. He said, uh, come, thy kingdom come. And thy will be, he didn't say, God, let your kingdom, please let your kingdom come. But would you let it? No, no. Thy kingdom come. And thy will be done. We're only as free as we are I am. What do you want? You got to say I am. It's not until we say yes to I am and not I try. Everybody wants to say I try. Well, that's why you fail every time, because the God ain't asked you to try. I'm trying. Well, you're going to keep dying. It ain't I try, I am. It ain't I want, I am. I am that I, nobody needs your try. Nobody needs my try. I can't try to be a pastor. I am a pastor. I can't try to be an apostle. I am an apostle. And if there's any if there is any uh, uh, crack in my identity, if I'm thinking I'm up here trying to preach to you, guess what the devil's going to do? He's going to sift me as wheat. You got to know. No, no, no. I ain't trying to do this. I am. I am. It's not until we say I am and not I try. When we see manifest deliverance at the magnitude the Bible says we're supposed to release deliverance. What are you? Somebody trying to convince somebody that Jesus lives or somebody who, whose life says that Jesus lives? What are, you, what are we trying to do? Convince people that Jesus has power or walk in the power of Jesus? What are we supposed to be doing? Are we supposed to be telling people who he is or demonstrating to people who he is? What I'm saying is this, we must inherit the posture that now, or we must say yes to the posture that inherits likeness. We have a right to say I am to the degree we've been conformed into his likeness, his image, his image and his likeness, the image and the likeness of God. And our problem is we don't understand the posture necessary to inherit likeness. You want me to prove it to you? And I'm going to do this, but we're about to learn the posture that inherits likeness. We're about to, we're about to understand that. And, and, and I'm shift one more time and then I'm going to close. If we look at, go back to Exodus chapter three, verse number one. Glory to the name of Jesus. Look at what it says. It says, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, 
and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even unto Horeb. See, this is what we got to understand first and foremost. I am identity is only found on the backside of, oh, glory. It's only found, we only get into the posture of I am on the backside of the, the, the wilderness. What I'm trying to say is, as long as we are more uh, indulged in trying to get people to see our face, then we are seeking his face. We will never look like him. The reason why many of us have stalled in likeness is because we're too busy trying to get people to like us, and we don't look enough like him. But God said there has to be somebody who's been a prince that don't mind going to the back. See, Moses wasn't just somebody who had never been seen before everybody. Moses was somebody that was a prince, and he said, I I would rather than be seen by everybody see the face of God. And so I'm going to voluntarily pull myself off the platform and I'm going to go back into the wilderness because I want to see his It's not until we stop trying to be seen all the time that we'll inherit I am identity. It's only on the backside. Our problem is we don't know how to hide. We only know how to be seen. But when you want, when you want I am, you don't get this up front. One thing about vitals, vitals are only formed in the dark. Any baby that comes out before all those, their vitals are formed will be deformed. And our problem is there's certain vital things that have to be formed before we're seen before people called humility called humbleness, called hunger, called not worried about the opinion of man, called not performing, called glory be to God. There, there's certain vitals and we're trying to be seen before the vitals are formed. And so when we come out, we wind up dying. It is now a posture. I am identity is on the backside of the wilderness. Amen. Now watch this. It goes on to say, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses and he said here am I <sighs> here am I I am watch this something just came to my spirit and I say that and he said draw not nigh hither Put off the shoes from thy feet for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. We're talking about the posture that inherits I am identity. First of all, it is now an identity that's inherited when we get over the love of being seen by people. 
You, if you love being seen by people, you will never inherit I am identity. That's number one. That's number one. That, that, that's the posture. Some of us are too in love with people seeing everything that we're doing. You will never inherit I am identity. I have no problem with pictures. I have no problem with posting pictures. But I do have a problem with posting them all the time to the, to the place where you spend more time posting than you do seeking. When, when you spend more time showing your face and be, instead of being transformed into his face, as you see his face, you begin to look like uh, you begin your face begins to be transformed into his face. But your pro our problem is we want our face to be seen too much to be transformed. Everybody don't need to see every one of our hairdos. Everybody don't need to see everyone. I got to show people this. Everybody ain't got to see every one of your new outfits. Sometime you need to get a new outfit and not show nobody and then go in the closet and say, God, I got this for you. Y'all miss what I just said. I put on makeup. I got my hair rolled. I got my nails done. I got my fresh shoes on. And I ain't showing nobody but you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody ever got dressed up and said, I ain't putting it on Facebook. I'm going to the face with this one. I'm going to show him how much I love him. When is the last time we got a hairdo and said, God, I ain't posting it. I'm sure this hairdo is for you. I spent $85 on my hair. And the only one. I need to see this one is you. Our problem is every time we look good, we want to look good for everybody but him. But what happens when we say, I want to look good for him? And I don't care if you never see me with my makeup done. I don't care if you never see me with my lashes done. I don't care if you never see me in the new dress. I went to the closet and showed him. He saw me in my new dress. He saw me in my new hair. I look good to daddy. And we don't have enough of that. We will get dressed up to take pictures with people and drag out the bed and won't put makeup on to pray unto God. How you go? You want to look like Bonquisha to pray. And Halle Berry when it's time to take pictures and go to dinner. We got a priority problem. Whose who's look is more valuable to us? God, y'all don't want to talk up to me in here. My God, if you can get dressed up to go to dinner because people are going to see you, you can get dressed up for 6 o'clock prayer because the Father's going to see you. I'm just trying to help us understand why we are not entering into I am identity because the value of people, how people see us is more valuable to us than how the Father sees us. So watch this. He says to Moses this. He said, Moses, you are by yourself. You know one thing that I believe too? When you start looking good for God, you'll look good longer. I believe that to be true. When you just start, when you try to look good for people, people will wear you out. You get ugly faster. Moses is proof. He was 120 and he looked younger than all of us. Why? You know why Moses was that way? Because he didn't care about people seeing his face. 
He loved God so much that he would open his face to God and cover his face to man. Y'all know that the Bible says that when God passed before Moses, Moses' face shone. Because Moses' face and the glory was on it, Moses now, when he got before the people, would put a veil over him. He did not want the shine to be for people. He would actually, when his face was shining, put a veil over it so the people couldn't see it. And when he got before God, he said, the only person who needs to see this face shining is the God that put the light on it. And so I'm going to look good for you, and I can care less whether or not they think I look good because you're the one who made this face our problem is we cover our face before God and then come and say look at me to everybody else people who people who actually want to look good for God look good longer so now when people see me because they ain't seen me in a while they be like man you look younger they're like, man, you look, you look good. Man, where you been? I've been at Horeb. I, ain't been, I, I, I haven't been in front of selfies. I've been at Horeb. I've actually been taking real selfies. I've been seeing myself on Horeb in my God. I've been looking at God and he's been showing me myself. I've been taking selfies with God and I'm starting to look better and 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 and freer and freer. I'm starting to take selfies. See, when you take selfies with God, God gives you his image. He is, I am. When the last time you took a selfie? Kandidibosanda. God, I felt that in my spirit. You're up there trying to look. There's people taking pictures trying to look pretty. While you're in the face of a God that's good, making you look good. There has to be more value for God's audience alone. There has to be more value for that. Man, I promise you, y'all think I dance crazy when I'm in front of y'all? You just don't get it. Man, when it's me and God, y'all might think I'm a lunatic. My God, I shake, I quake, I cry, I moan. See, I don't even do it in front of you. I cover that. There's a part of what God sees with me that I don't show you because that's just for God. See, I give you the task. I'm not going to give you all of what I do before God. That's for him. But there's a reason why what's happening in my life is happening in my life. There's a reason why after I come out of the presence, there is glory and anointing and fire and power. There's some stuff that's saved just for him. Nobody else gets that. Your like ain't better than his likeness. Some of you are trading in likes for likeness. Likeness for likes. Watch this. This is what Moses said. Which one do you want? See, a lot of y'all just think I don't like Facebook. And I, it ain't that I don't like Facebook, but I got a problem with you always taking pictures of your face and your face don't look like his face. You're in love with a form of a face that don't look like his. That's my problem. I 
don't got a problem with Facebook. I just got a problem with the fact that you're not conformed in love with your face. Watch this. Watch this. Glory to the name of it. So what God says to Moses is this. This is what he says to Moses. He said, take off your shoes. For the place that you stand is holy ground. That's what he says, right? If we can't just pull that sucker off because I'm getting impatient here. So this is what the Lord says, right? He says, Moses, you have just stepped on holy ground. Take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. So Moses takes off his shoes. <coughs> and the Bible says when he realizes it's God, he bows before the God and covers his face. <sighs> he doesn't, he doesn't want to look in the face of God. Anytime, what, what, what this helping us to understand a posture of I am identity, when you enter a place of holiness with God, take your shoes off. Don't be in no rush to get back before people. Don't be in no rush to be seen. What he was telling Moses is this is the place where adoption happens. Take off your shoes. Get used to a holy place. And usually if it's a holy place, it's a lonely place. God, it ain't a place where a whole bunch of people want to be. He said, but you got to learn how to take off your shoes in the place most folk don't want to take off their shoes. That's by themselves with God. Take off your shoes because you're in holy ground. And if when you're on holy ground, I didn't bring you here to show you my holiness. I brought you here for you to see my holiness so you can be my holiness. I brought you here, Moses, and I know you're going to cover your face. That's why I'm going to give you mine. This is the place where you get my face. Tell them I am. Why do we want to move from here? Why do we want to keep our shoes on when the presence of God begins to fall? Why do we want to figure out what's next on the program? Why do we still have to go out? Why can't we change the schedule? Why can't we put stuff off? Anytime you get, I know, Moses, you were leading the flock. I don't even care if it's church. I don't even care if you got a service. You're on holy ground. Take your shoes off. Everything else can wait. Nothing else matters. The schedule don't matter. Take your shoes off. And Moses in that holy place got the identity called I am. We get we get that identity in no other place. And guess what? You're not going to get it here. Guess where you're going to get it? On holy ground. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Right? All by yourself. You and God. And so Moses comes out of that. He comes out of that experience with the name of God. Moses, you saw God. What's his name? I am. Do you understand what was on here? I'm not trying to get him to bless me. I am blessed. I'm not trying to get free. I'm free. I'm not trying to get a breakthrough. I'm a breakthrough. 
I'm not trying to get favor. I'm favor. If people listen to me, they have favor. If people hear my words, they are blessed. When people are touched by me, they're encouraged. I am. You come out of every one of those experiences realizing I am. I didn't leave with a word from God. I left with the likeness of God. And so holy ground becomes, you can tell how much you've been on the backside and how much you've inherited I am identity by how much you're comfortable by yourself. Nobody knows I've been praying. You don't post you've been praying for three hours because that'll take away some of the likeness because I'm trying to have my face seen. I'm going to hide it. So the only way Israel can know and be delivered by God is by admitting that Moses is I am. He said, tell the people. It wasn't Pharaoh. He said, tell your, the people because the people going to have a problem with you because you're going to be rebuking them and correcting them. But they don't know where you've been with me. I laugh when people disagree with, with word and don't know where I got it from. I didn't look on the internet. I didn't go through a concordance. My God, I took my shoes off. <laughs> and I said, God, I'll stay here as long as you need me to. Because every time I leave, I leave, I am. You leave with more lightness. God calls us to holy ground because we are to be holy as he we're not there to see, we're there to be. Holy ground is the place we get access to be. I am identity. Listen to me and listen to me well. This is a time, even young people, take your shoes off. When the presence of God comes, take your shoes off. When you first get the hairdo, if you're going to post it, don't post it when you first get it done. The first person you show it to is the father. Take your hair to the closet and cry before your God. Bless him with it. Make him first in everything that you do. I don't care if you think it looks good. It looks good to him. Call when we properly steward the backside, we don't have to seek to be seen. God said, I'm sending you. What happened? I don't have to try to get to the front. God will send me to the front. He said, I'm sending you back. I'm sending you back to Egypt. I'm sending you back to the front. See, what I'm trying to tell some of you is the reason why you got to learn to take your shoes off because God is about to send us to the He's sending me to the front. He's sending this house to the front. We're about to start being seen like we have him. See, right now, it's easy to focus on God a little bit more because it ain't all of the stuff that's coming in this next season. It ain't all the people that's coming. But if you and some of you haven't taken your shoes off and we've been on the backside, but God is about to send us. He's about to put us up front in some places. And my God, you got a master taking your shoes off. 
I don't care how many people call me apostle. It does not make me cry only when I take my shoes off in his presence. People can tell me all the hell I've been through. People can talk about and God is finally going to bless you. I guarantee it won't get a tear out of me. But my God, get me in the presence of God in my car while I'm riding to an appointment and I begin to sing to this God. You can take your shoes off while your shoes are still on. And God's presence, tears begin to flow down my face. Tonight I am not going to cry when I I am affirmed an apostle. You know when I cried, when I heard him say, you are my son. And you are, and you are well pleased. That's a, that's a, you gotta, you gotta learn how to take your shoes off in the presence of God. You leave, I am. You leave. My most touching times isn't people seeing me being successful. I'm not going to cry when, when people see me successful. That is not going to bring a tear to my eye. I am. God, I should not be, I should not want purity. I was, a, I was in perversion, and I am pure. I am not fighting to be pure. I am pure. There was a time my mind was suicidal. I was borderline losing it. A day I couldn't go a day without drinking. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But look at I am. Come on, look at I am. Trust Lord. I'm not fighting for anything. I am. I just am. I'm not fighting to live right. I just am. I'm not fighting for peace. I just am. I'm not fighting to live righteous. I just am. That comes on the backside. That comes when we learn how to take our shoes off. Because we're on holy ground. Everybody standing to your feet. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you